0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. Many of you already know this week's friends because they're some of Old Time's most active performers, educators, and recording artists. I'm talking about Aaron Marshall and Carl Jones. We met at the Portland Old Time Music Gathering a couple months ago, and ever since, I've been thinking a lot about what they said in our interview, both verbally and musically. Their original tunes and songs are beautiful and a delight to play, and they both said some really smart stuff about this music, specifically in regards to the ownership and transmission of tradition. At one point, Aaron used a metaphor that all but completely explained what was, to me, one of the most confusing aspects of old time. And it only took me like 85 episodes to find a satisfactory answer, so <laughs> make sure and stick around for that. At the end of the episode, I'll tell you where to find their music, recorded, live, and maybe even in your own playing. I'll also let you know how to support Get Up in the Cool and get exclusive bonus content for doing so. But first, here's my jam and interview with Aaron Marshall and Carl Jones. Enjoy! Enjoy! <laughs> Pretty tunes, wonderful, wonderful.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah,
0: those are are fun. Aaron Marshall and Carl Jones, welcome to Get Up in the Cool.
1: Oh, we're glad to be here. here. We're on the last day of the Portland Old Time Music Gathering.
2: Yeah, very fun and and,
1: uh, a little less cool than uh, Galax, Virginia, where we came from. So we're glad to be here at this time. Yeah, it's it's weirdly um, uh, temperate, habitable
0: for Portland. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, ten inches of
3: snow last year, but uh, yeah, yeah, beautiful.
0: Sunny, yeah. We could be doing this outside, but we're okay. at um Atien's house, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. Thanks yeah. for hosting us, Atien's. Yeah, wonderful,
1: yeah, much appreciated. But yeah. uh, those tombs go back quite a ways. Uh, kind of uh, images of a uh, lot of cats in Hillsborough, North Carolina, a little old country house I lived in for 12 years, mm-hmm. and God. they were there before me, so they had the first claim on the place. But uh, brother and sister team, black in Emma is the name of the first tune and the second tune is on their behalf as well Rolling in the Dust yeah. which is the way they spent a lot of their time when they weren't sleeping or yes. eating <laughs> <laughs> Are, So were these like uh, farm cats or were they indoor or like well they weren't uh, they weren't indoor cats they were just out They was uh, feral cats i guess you'd call them and gotcha. they there they, when i moved in they were still there they were all around i didn't realize that they the were time. already tenants they so. were already around and uh, so i just kept Squatters. a big old bunch of food outside the raccoons and the possums and everything else they had a uh, communal bowl <laughs> yeah carla coined a new word feralocity feralocity yeah that's was, very good there was a lot of that going on back then but a beautiful uh, lovely time in hillsborough north carolina 12 years uh, one of those kind of houses that really were, it was in pretty bad shape. You knew where all the leaks were and where to put buckets uh-huh. to catch all the water. But, uh, but a beautiful place, you know, and a lot of musicians lived there through the years because it was... It was a economical rent. Yes.
3: And Carl called the place Diddyville, and uh, that's, that's right. also our website. Ditties? Well, we well, just uh, in like no, little
1: make it up little little. Oh, yes. It's like a Diddyville. state of mind, Diddyville. Diddyville so Diddyville, yeah, it's kind it of a, too, a website, yeah. and a,
3: we've carried you know, it on from, like from like the old every... Diddyville house. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's now our record label. But that's where Very that good. name came from, the old farmhouse.
0: Now, now here's a here's a question. So um, usually when I have folks on the show. Mm- uh, and they write a tune. They're the ones playing the melody. Mm. How, what did what instrument did you write this
1: the, those tunes on? I think I probably made them up on the mandolin because I play a lot of mandolin. I like and oh, I do play good. some fiddle, but uh, I always are play, I'm always playing with fiddlers. Mm-hmm. But I will play the mandolin often on fiddle tunes. And uh, that was actually a, a recording I did with James Bryan years ago. And that that was so it has a little bit of his style I think crept in there because I knew I was going to be playing with him. Very good. And mm-hmm. so some people say that that fits his style pretty well. So I. Suppose it does.
3: Yeah. And then, um, that,
1: yeah. yeah.
3: You know, we suddenly realized that we can't just let those those tunes uh, sit on a shelf, and and we started playing them.
1: Then put them back out, dust yeah. them off a yeah. bit.
2: Yeah. They're such
3: is. great tunes. I Always love those ones. So I learned them, and, and yeah. We'll, now we're we've been playing them. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. They're, re- they're really uh, uh really delicate, thoughtful. Mm. Put me in a very very specific. State of mind, because that's the first tune we, we, we were working on. So. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's that a one. great one to start with. Kind
1: of grabbed you, if you said a little bit. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Tremendous. Because you guys um, performed this at the Old Time Gathering. I think, was that like the first tune that you guys did? I think yeah, it was. Maybe so opening yeah, maybe a uh, second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was early, early in the set. I may, have, I may have missed your first
1: one, but I caught the rest of it. <laughs>
2: well, now
0: the truth yeah. is out. The yeah. truth is out, Well that's okay. You
1: know, you get caught up in the jam, and yeah. sure, all, all yeah. it's all about getting caught up in the jam. Yes. So that's the yeah. good.
0: Yeah. Well, um, let's play another tune, sure. and then I want to ask your music stories and your old time stories, and then maybe those are the same stories, maybe those are different stories, and oh, we'll see. I have lots of questions, but good. Uh, we got to well, get to
1: see we okay. have just a few answers yeah okay good <laughs> you have a lot of questions we'll see what we can do
2: so, yeah.
1: i just want to say one more thing about just uh cats and animals and things uh, i grew up all my life uh and as a as a kid we had pets milk you know, but they were never allowed in the house you know it was mm-hmm. always very this your the dog stays outside no yep. matter winter blizzard uh, tsunami the dogs gonna stay out there so I've really come to grips with uh just being more compassionate I think it's uh let you know animals being in the house with relationships that became more and more a dog or a cat yeah. so it's really changed my life just in how I look at animals and yeah. you know, they're they're wonderful creatures and we should feel compassion for all the animals out there. That's all I want to say about cats, because uh, they were outdoor cats back then. Yes, yeah. But, uh, I did. I did take pretty good care of them as much as best I could. But uh, yeah, just all about compassion for people and animals. Yeah, I just want to get that out there. Very good. Uh, yeah. Usually
0: this show is very uh, anthropocentric, so it's a great call out to the other yeah. uh, creatures. Sure. Very good.
1: We're all creatures. Yeah. yeah. so, uh, well, uh, as far as just setting up atmospheres, of course, tunes do that very well, and as a songwriter. You know just one little germ can turn into a song on the guitar a lick or just a word so in this case i was in a song we're going to do here try to do is uh in louisiana i was staying in a little guest house and there was all these uh old photographs of all these old musicians and just kind of woke up really early in the morning and just this song kind of popped out so it was mm. kind of interesting and it's called ain't it crazy how things don't go mm. and that's uh i think in uh, sometimes you have to think in geological time uh, if something doesn't go the way you want it to, think maybe that's going to be the best with time. So, yeah. And I think it tends to be true. If I live long enough, I'm going to believe that. I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ain't it crazy how things don't go? Yeah. A nice old waltz kind of song. I wake up in the early morning, and I find I don't see you again. Nothing sure, that's the one thing I know, ain't it crazy how things don't go, ain't it crazy how things don't go. Sun comes up and it shines on you and it's shining on me even though we are through nothing's sure that's the one thing i know ain't it crazy how things don't go ain't it crazy how things don't The rooster is crowing for day And the leaves and the breezes all play This heartache is the one thing that stays Ain't it crazy how things don't go? Ain't it crazy how things don't go? The sun comes up and it shines on you, and it's shining on me, even though you are through, Nothing sure, that's the one thing I know, ain't it crazy how things don't go, ain't it crazy? pretty song well thank you pretty thank you it Lovely. is it is crazy how things don't go yeah so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well thank you so um Erin
0: mm-hmm. how did you and, and why and when did you start to play music was it old time music was it songwriting? was it tune writing was it traditional etc tell us the story
3: well I'll do my best I um yeah. I don't actually <clears throat> remember a time when uh I didn't want to play the fiddle or I wanted to play the fiddle and no one knows how I ever saw one or Mm. anything. It's kind of interesting. Um, So I guess I started asking to play one around five and I got one around eight. Okay. So, uh, but you know, it's just kind of an interesting thing. There's a lot of music in my family. I'm from Western Canada Um, and my mother came from Ontario and in her family there was tons of fiddle and fiddle music mm. and you know my grandmother who's still around she's uh, 93 remembers that these square dances would happen in um you know that she would go to when she was young at my great great-grandparents or something like yeah. that way back anyhow um and there's this african-american string band that would play at it mm. and um, they would stay overnight with my family because of curfew you know it's kind of interesting the underground railroad comes up in ontario yeah and um, yeah. i actually inherited the bass uh, that mm-hmm. um, was uh, used in that string band yeah. that yeah. was People passed down through my family and... you know mm. um, So, kind of interesting story there, but I never got to learn from any of those musicians directly yet. um, My mother moves to the west coast and my father was a musician, played in all kinds of country bands and different things and I just grew up wanting to play the fiddle I I feel like you know part of that sort of ended up in my DNA somehow and um, eventually uh, got a hold of it and I played all kinds of music when I was young I mean I I I was a kid so you know whatever they threw at me um, you know some of the stuff in the schools and and, uh, um, you know eventually I got into interested in a whole bunch of um, different types of ethnic music when i was trying to find myself yeah. you know i had a romanian uh teacher for a while who taught me all kinds of kind of gypsy tunes and Neat. and um there was lots of swing on the west coast you know i'd sort of hang out and i'd sort of try and get in uh underage to these places anywhere there was music playing mm-hmm. you know uh whether it was roots or blues or or you know any type of folk music was was what i was wandering into and i ended up getting into irish music for about a decade and then um And then I sort of got into old-time music. And I I remember seeing and hearing old-time music, um, you know, at some festivals and things at the West Coast. And I worked in a, you know, vintage music shop. So, Mm. you know, people come in, climber, banjo players, and people come look at the vintage guitars and the fiddles, whatnot. And I was working in there. So I'd see musicians and things. Um, And when I um, was around uh, old-time music, I remember thinking... Um, wow this is really interesting you know I loved all the bluesy quality of it and the crooked tunes and yeah. everything and I remember thinking uh, but I must stay uh, focused which has never been a good attribute of mine and um, I slipped off the slope at that point I fell down the rabbit hole of old-time music at the point I said I was gonna uh, stay focused and I yeah, never
2: happened
3: <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, that long story short I started going down to West Virginia and spending time with 80 and nine-year-old fiddlers and from there I went on to Kentucky and then um, now we live in uh, Galax, Virginia, one of the meccas of old-time music. Yeah, sure. And we've been there about 10 years. And so I guess over 20 years, I've been just in the old-time music realm. It's really, the music attracted me, but it's the people that really made me stay. Yeah, And um, spending times with those really amazing fiddlers like Melvin Wine and Lester McCumbers and Leland Hall and Art Stamper and J.P. Yeah. Fraley and Clyde Davenport and, uh, you know, that just... Um, and uh, many others that just completely the context was so rich to to be in their, those houses and experience how they lived and have them be so generous they were all so generous sharing the music with me so um yeah, yeah. so that was it there was no turning back
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> right on. yeah I, I definitely relate to what you're saying about um the music is attractive and it's wonderful but there's something special about the people who play it um whether those are people who grew up with it or people who have adopted it or have been adopted into it. Mm-hmm. It's more like how I feel, mm-hmm. but... Uh,
3: yeah, Melvin gave me my best. Uh, he was so kind, he was so supportive. You know, He, he really wanted me to keep coming back and, and he, he gave me my best compliment. He said, uh, you're good on a bow. You're playing my music, and I'm glad of it. And oh. I thought, you know, that's that's, yeah.
1: you know, that's pretty good. I'm High like, praise. okay,
3: thank you, I'll, yeah. I'll keep doing that. Yeah. You know, I've, that, so that I never
1: sparks you on. Never, else, never yeah.
3: questioned it. You know, mm-hmm. and i it's so funny because a lot of people had music in their families, in these rural families, and then they kind of, you know, in the '50s, started going moving, you know, to areas where there's factories or just yeah. being less in that community that right in that, you know, same holler as their rest of their family or whatever. And um, so there was a break sometimes. And, you know, it, it's amazing to me that I would come from so far away and then get to learn from from someone like that and, uh, you know, and to be treated so well.
2: Mm-hmm. So.
1: Wonderful. Oftentimes, you know, the what you become enamored of, you become the best proponent of uh, their music, you know, because yes. I mean, you, you soak it up. and. You're still one of the major, you know, Melvin Wine uh, people love to hear you play those tunes. Yeah, cool.
3: it's fun. I didn't realize, uh, you know, I, I knew it was an amazing experience, but I didn't realize, you know, how uh, how important it would be later on when sure. you start. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. other people are
0: interested. Were these, these sources, these source fiddlers, were they, um, you say he was glad that you were playing his tunes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've always been confused about the ownership of tunes Mm -hmm. Um, and like what what does he mean when he says that like yeah the music he grew up
3: with I think you know uh, they weren't necessarily um, tunes that he made up he didn't make up tunes but um, I kind of think of it like uh, maybe because I like to cook so much um, I think of it as kind of like recipes. Yeah. You know, so it's some like you people, you know, rescued, they share recipes, yeah. but then you don't associate it with, you know, it might have come out of an old, you know, magazine yeah. or something, but you right. associate it with your grandmother made this particular uh, type of bread or, or something. Wow. Or, you that know, is so. That's
0: the best metaphor
2: for it, that. You know, ever, so it becomes associated
3: mm-hmm. with the person, you know, and so, you know. Yeah. yeah. And tunes are the same way. So, absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The
3: context. I mean, you remember everything um, when you learn a tune, when you learn it from a certain person. You yeah. remember the place i remember um you know the the smell of uh gas you know from yeah. melvin's place because there was these kind of gas links. and you know i was confused because kerosene doesn't smell but then later on i found out they sent it with you know with the smell of Just gas so key. you yeah. know if there's a gas yeah hit.
2: totally and well, um, yeah there sure
3: was <laughs> up, So,
2: <laughs> so
3: Actually, a lot of times you know around melvin's house you know learning tunes and things i would um you know i'd be able to you know uh, smell that gas smell it's pretty funny <laughs> so yeah so we i'm um, sure it
0: gave those jams a very interesting quality learn lots of <laughs> yeah. tunes and we
3: make up tunes and and uh all kinds of things and songs so
0: when, sure um when when mel melvin or um clyde or fluster you know when, when they would what was their attitude about transmitting this music um was it like grateful was there any sense of urgency cuz i know that maybe like for a while it was like is this music going to continue is is the impression that some people have like I, I i'd like to have some of those gaps filled in what was their attitude about think, sharing especially I, especially with people who were from different yeah, areas different areas for sure you know i really
3: think it's age related okay. um, is my experience and you know i knew other people that were you know visiting people that were much much younger and they were maybe a little more possessive Okay. Um, so it's kind of interesting, but you know, uh, in their 80s and 90s, I mean, you, you're, you're not going to be around that much longer. I mean, he was, yeah. I knew him from 89 to 93, so I spent a lot of time in, well, actually 94. He died a couple months before his 94th mm. birthday. So I spent a lot of time with him the last five years of his life. And um, he, at that point, I think you've worked through anything like that, you know? Right. Um, you're grateful. A lot of these people were really grateful for that someone was interested And wanted to visit them, you know, so, I mean, they're quite elderly, you know, and it goes, is there a good time to come over? And they would say, oh, anytime, we're here all
2: the time. (laughs) And then,
3: um, you know, um, but yeah, they definitely also noticed that there's certain parts of the repertoire that nobody was playing at all or, you know, so, um, yeah, so Mm. you, I definitely felt that they wanted certain things remembered and then every mm. now and then they'd you know i'd he- hear something kind of interesting like old ballad singer rita emerson he was 95 yeah. you know she she'd say that you know you know she'd tell you the parts of history that she wanted remembered but you know there was little things that you knew that she was she didn't want yes to be carried on yeah the, you know Ooh. that she you know it was kind of interesting Ooh. you know maybe where there were stories in the town or what have you right she was you know those things can
0: be left behind yeah yeah,
3: there were certain things she felt didn't need to be carried
0: on interesting so Mm. mm uh here's another like uh maybe this is a more personal question uh but were it were melvin or or the other um sources that you learned from were they ever picky about the way you know because there's this idea the the, way you
3: play the the way you
0: play the tunes because there's a folk process you know this general idea that it's like a and I think mostly people think that it's a valuable thing. Yeah. But did you ever, were they ever oh, like, oh, for hey, sure. Yeah, they had strong feelings on yeah. it. It
3: depends on who it was, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like Lester McCumbers, a lot of the older fillers are very individualistic. Okay. So, I mean, they weren't trying to be carbon copies. Like Lester McCumbers said to me, um, he said, when I play a tune that I got from, you know, this filler, you know, or whatever. He'd say, I'm not going to play it like he plays it. I'm going to play it like I play it. So he, you know, like they they would sometimes really talk about that individuality. But then there was other times, you know, that they, you know, want things to be just right. Like Melvin would kind of, you know, he's quite funny. You know, if you got, uh, if he's unhappy with something you did, he might whack you with one of his canes or his bow. Okay. And he, uh, you know, in kind of a jesting way, I think most of the time. Okay. And then uh, if he's really happy, you do the same thing. So you're going to get whacked Interesting. But, uh, you know, like...
2: I guess fortunately tune, uh, he, was, he used to
3: play uh, in
0: so that would he, have been that hard. He, he used to play this attention? one
3: part gospel tune. Uh, I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. And uh, <laughs> so I was playing that tune and I was going... And he was like, "Oh no, oh no, it's got to be." Uh,
2: you can barely hear no, no, no. it, but
3: in. Neither and the, he wanted. It was just so yeah. sorry. It's going by fast.
2: It sure does make a difference, though. So
3: uh, yeah, so that's how specific you know no he would be sometimes.
0: Yeah, how did how did that like make you feel? Were you like, oh, of course, you know, or, or was it, or did you ever feel defensive, or like? No,
3: no, not just, at all. Just I was so to... honored to be able to to pick up anything from them, and yeah. uh, most of the tunes that I've learned, um, you know, that from particular fiddlers. I don't usually like to change them very much because yeah. you know, the, I want to retain as much of that memory as yeah. possible.
0: It's funny. It's funny though when you think about like if they are so individualistic about the way they play it. But then it's like, yes. well, some days we're, we're all going to be the source for a tune yeah. and we're all going to be saying, I don't play it the way they played it, you know, but...
3: I always say there's yeah. a bit of me in there. Bit I mean, me there's there. no yeah. way. I mean, uh, you can try and copy someone's hand signature, but you're never going to get it. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's inevitable. You're never going to be, uh, right. you're always going to be you. Mm. And, um, you know, all the elements of those different fiddlers I learned from come together in my playing, yeah. you know, so... So it's, uh, it's kind of inevitable. But it's good to not jump off the deep end and try to be too individualistic right off the bat. You know, I think it takes, if you're yes. learning a language, um, yeah, before you invent any new words or anything, you better speak it really well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's good, yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's good to be steeped in the native tongue in whatever but way you can. Yeah. And then I think it starts to just happen naturally.
0: I've heard that, the, yeah, to extend the metaphor, I've heard that the, like, first sign of being of fluency mm-hmm. in a fluency in a secondary language is uh when you start telling and understanding jokes mm-hmm. it's like when you can like when there's humor it's like oh then you understand a deeper level of Absolutely. just the words but you're listening to the rhythm of of the speech and you're listening to the, mm-hmm. the cadence and the, and the, nuances, and the melodic contour. a lot of because it's like you know yeah jokes are actually really sophisticated oh, sure. we yeah. were
3: just in china and uh, it was amazing and the way to tell how many people um, speak English is to tell joke, yeah. and so like it was a really high percentage over there could speak English, yeah. almost fifty percent. And so you tell a joke, and half the uh, half yeah, the crowd would good. laugh immediately, and Very then they translate the joke, and the other half would laugh. <laughs> Hopefully, it was a I good know. joke, but yeah, you know, if it yeah, translates, yeah. You, could, yeah. uh, you could tell right away.
0: Well, I have to get to um, a sawmill for this um, this tune that we've been having a philosophical discussion about what tune. Oh, uh, sorry. What key it's in?
1: Oh, it's always can be tricky.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, easiest for me to play an A sawmill. But okay, okay. cool. But uh, let me get there real quick, and then we'll continue. Sure. Cool. Oh,
3: my life. fifth string. I think so. Now it's good. Yeah,
1: it's good. good. Well, it's got it. It's got a.
3: It's banjo. That's banjo. It's almost like it's
1: on a banjo. It's a banjo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a banjo.
0: Well, I mean, of course. Aaron, you have a story behind this one.
3: Yes, so um, it's a tune um, I wrote for the Brown family, or Chris and Meriwether Brown, and uh, it's a wedding march. But the funny thing is that they got married at Halloween, and they said they had some uh, a little bit of family drama around the wedding, as weddings often do, and uh, and they they had. Uh, Time in the ceremony where the groom's family all put on Groucho Marx masks, and people had costumes later.
1: Surprisingly,
3: uh, this is like
0: a great wedding. <laughs> it's a big, yeah, it sounds
3: and, uh, yeah, they did don some costumes in March a little bit. So there's a little part of the tune that yeah. there's a little angst in the tune for the drama. There's a little, uh, uh, it's a three-part tune. There's a bit of a almost Mardi Gras uh, marchy bit to it, you know, which suits the costume element, yeah. and then you kind of have, it's a wedding, so uh, yeah, and they're a beautiful couple, they're wonderful. And so um, uh, the third part I put in a different key in yeah. C. And uh, that's that is where the, it gets really... like, oh, really okay, like,
2: let's, let's love, straighten up everything, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine.
0: Just kind of yep. that part there. Yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, okay. okay, they're walking down the aisle. We'll put on our, <laughs> like... So it's a very,
3: uh, <laughs> it's an unusual tune. I get asked to commission a lot of tunes, which is mm. really, you know, our, to write tunes for people, which is really cool. And... It's um, like the
0: opposite of, like, you know,
1: old-time music. Oh, you want to play an original?
2: <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> That's about, great. But I guess not, I've done not.
3: about 30 tunes
1: for people or something. One thing, too, talking about recipes and things earlier... Uh, you know, you you put your own spice uh, on your tunes, Yeah, I want you these tunes from, to know. sound
3: traditional. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, back to the food uh, discussion. I, I think of it almost like coming up with a new recipe. Yeah. So if you're trying to come up with a new bread recipe, it has yes. to have all the elements of sure. bread.
0: Still got to have some sort of <laughs> Green.
3: it's got resemble bread a, yeah, or yeah. if you uh, mess greenish. around with the ingredients too much it's going to be uh, muffins crepes or something totally different right so um yeah mm. so i want those traditional sounds in there but at the same time um yeah you get to change it a little bit so yeah this tune is a little unusual i called it halloween wedding march because It's like no other wedding march, probably. All these
0: comparisons are just so useful. Thank you. Perfect. Never heard it
1: put it so eloquently. Yeah, we're we're
3: putting on dinner sometime. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. There we go. (laughs) Also makes me want to eat your food. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll don our formal attire and play the wedding march (laughs) in our minds at least. if Nothing else. One, two, one, two, three.
0: A
2: story. Emotionally
0: complex, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, just like the story. It does. Ah, There's I all
0: sorts of so. very, very good.
3: There's all sorts of stuff going on in there. You Ooh. can imagine a whole whole tale in a tune like that. And we had fun. We recorded that our friend Stratton Hammonds in
1: Louisville, Kentucky, hey, and
3: uh, yeah, and we recorded it on Halloween and
1: uh, oh, sent it, it
3: to so. our friends on their uh, yes. wedding anniversary. Yeah, so that was
1: pretty pretty fun. Yeah.
0: But wow. Whew. Carl, I want to hear your story. You're a tune ah. smith, song smith, but you also play um, you also play traditional stuff. Not that your tunes and songs aren't traditional. Well, uh, who knows um, what they are? really? Yeah. So
1: uh, yeah, tell us a story. Where did it all start? Uh, brief. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. I guess it really started for me uh, when I went to college in Alabama, North Alabama, mm. which is uh, Florence, Alabama, but Muscle Shoals is there as well. And I went over there to, to take a guitar program. Mm that was a little too serious and classical which was not my thing okay. so i went into they started a commercial music program which was wonderful
2: Interesting.
1: and a buddy of mine uh, there was in a bluegrass band a guy named scooter muse and very I, good he, name yeah <laughs> scooter and he uh was immersed in bluegrass Loved bluegrass so i actually ended up playing in the bluegrass band mm-hmm. out of the blue not even knowing how to play a mandolin but i had bought one on the way there perfect so I, I got thrown into the Learn quickly or just sound bad. They
3: just lost public. their mandolin player the day that <laughs> the same week that he a little, bought his mandolin. A little
1: orientation program there that was the Mandolin player's last gig and he found out I had a mandolin. Yeah. And so we became good buddies and he said, Well, we got a lot of gigs, so you're hired and I said, Well, I don't know how to play it. Yeah. He said, That's too bad. You're gonna so I started playing bright songs, <laughs> hard songs early and but the humiliation is a uh, great teacher. Oh, you, it's so useful, isn't it? It makes you really study up quick, but yeah. it was great. And and one thing, too, we started going scooter with all these Fiddler's Conventions, yes. which was a new world to me yes. back in the 70s, and uh, I'm a little older than Erin. <laughs> uh, we i went to these, vintage. We, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we went to all these Fiddler's Conventions, and uh, so I started hearing, you know, it'd be like uh, Mike Seeger would be, you know, people yes. like that. At the, I was saying, that guy's pretty good. You know, I like, sure okay, I like you what mean. he's doing. Yeah, I like what he's doing. And uh, so uh, Athens, Alabama had a great festival that uh, and they'd be bluegrass people there, but old fiddlers in particular really grabbed me and I started going to festivals and I met uh, James Bryan yes. through, through the Rising Fawn String Ensemble. Yeah. Back at those festivals, there was one in particular called Horsepins 40 and Steel Alabama up on Chandler Mountain and they had all the, they'd have the... Uh, the Plank Road String Band, Ace Weems and the Fat Meat Boys, Doc Watson, you know, Bill Monroe, I mean, they had, they ran the gamut. They really had an amazing, so, and the Highwood String Band, even people like that. They had all those people. Where are the Fat Meat Boys now, I wonder? I think they've lost weight. I don't know. They're, they're, they've they've, they've uh, shaped up, maybe, we hope. But they were doing, you know, classic material, to put it mildly, yes. so I got immersed in that. And especially in college, uh, the studios, with my songwriting, uh, yeah. I started hanging out they had the commercial music you got to go hang out in the studios Rick Hall in Fame Studios yeah, and Muscle and Muscle Shoals yeah so all the great players but great songwriters yeah. they, were, they had songwriters like uh, Donnie Lowry a guy with, uh, Robert Byrne who wrote a lot of songs for Wilson Pickett Mm. And Mac McAnally, who uh, plays with Jimmy Buffett to this day, is one of his right-hand guys and producer and songwriter. And yeah, have seen you him in years. But, hey, Mac, and, record
3: and all kinds of yeah. So oh, I great.
1: so I got immersed. In, but I really did start seeing songwriting as a craft, and they loved it. It was a job to the, some of those guys. Yeah, they were hired five-year contracts. Some of them, but they loved what they did, and they really took it serious as an art. Uh, you know, and so I so I've, I really. Early on, and later on, ended up through James Bryan. We talked about earlier. You become a proponent of somebody's music if you really get you love it. You become enamored. Yeah. And then you, so I I learned the uh, James and Norman's music so well. I ended up later getting a tour with those guys as part oh, of the great. Rising Fawn String Ensemble. Yeah. So yeah. a Norman wonderful Norman and
3: Nancy Blake. Yeah.
1: yeah, Norman Nancy Blake. And so and as far as just picking tunes, those guys were top of the heap in my book. As far as yeah. they really loved the music and took a real uh, just put their own what is the word i don't know it's very refined for all-time music yes beautifully done beautifully done so i may be a little too wistful and slow sometimes as a result but i love Uh but i love uh james's fiddling still one of the great fiddlers out there so uh Mm -hmm. i heard his music for the first time when um i had my friend bach on and he
0: wanted to do all mac blaylock tunes for his episode oh I the, got to hear Mac break down, and the, you know the farewell try. Rabbit and, uh, in the grass, maybe. Rabbit in the grass.
1: We did. Off she goes. Oh, that's what a beautiful, cool beautiful tune. Beautiful tunes, yeah. Oh yeah. The recordings are so wonderful. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, Mac was a great. And I, I got to pick someone, Mac, and he was a oh, uh, He man. was a character. I mean, he, we were playing uh-huh. a little square dance one time in the Mentone Inn, which is up, up in Mentone, where James and Patty Bryan live, and. Uh, and it was getting really hot, and he was in the back of a big group. We had about probably 10 people in this band just having a big time, but all of a sudden we hear, I'm coming out of here. He just had to get out. He was just too hot, and he just kind of <laughs> stormed up through us while we were playing the tune. And he just had to get it like a bull coming through. So anyway, that was just a, a fun memory, self-indulgent memory of myself and me <laughs> and Mac Blaylock. But Mac uh, was, you know, James really loved Mac's playing and mm. put those tunes, really great tunes. Mm. So anyway, here in... Uh, Old-time tunes played really well and going to all the fiddler's conventions is what got me immersed into trying to play and learn how to do fiddle music, old-time yeah. tunes. And make it up tunes just came naturally from uh, Norman yeah. and Nancy, making them up. James make, well, James made up a few tunes. Yes. And uh, and just mandolin playing too later on. I got into that through the bluegrass mm. world. And hearing great players out there, you know, like, uh, well, nowadays, of course, Adam Steffi in the bluegrass world is like a kind of a scary player with one of the best but uh, old time ago, of course, you got Mike Compton, and uh, I don't know uh, who some of the other guys. Joe Walsh, you know, mm-hmm. the, graduated from the school of Berkeley, one of the first Manlin <laughs> graduates. So he's a great guy, and uh, you got. To, anyway, I just love it and try to keep it, learning how to do it, and 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 do my own thing too. So yeah, I on, on that note, I have a. Question of personal interest, I came sure. to old time music
0: from songwriting, oh, okay. but I think that my generation of uh, musicians in general, like songwriting is sort of like one of the main um, kind of outlets of like what you would do if you're going to be a professional musician and mm. not necessarily that it's that promising, but mm. it's, you know. Uh, I, I won't say much about that, but yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might,
2: uh,
0: At, least, all that sentiment at least for us, it, uh, we're... Um, I feel like my generation of of songwriters, there's it's just completely inundated, and um, and Ooh. also there's I feel like there's a lack of songwriting within a tradition. Everyone's kind of doing
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, doing doing their own thing and um, going way off book, you know. Right. And for me, entering into old time music was like um, a completely different world from songwriting because it was mm-hmm. so rooted in tradition and the idea of self-expression through traditional music Mm -hmm. was so um, so refreshing to me but it's interesting to hear you talk about all of these sources and all of these very traditional players Mm -hmm. making new tunes and you as someone who's very rooted in tradition but there's also a tradition of music industry and people writing new music and so yeah, yeah i wonder if you could like People are very precious about like letting new tunes into the
1: old time canon. Oh and sure. I would
0: love your perspective about that.
1: Well, I mean, uh, everybody's got their own slant on things. But one thing about songwriting, just uh, as talking to people that are writing songs, yes. I think one of the the, mo- the best things you can do. Well, first of all, if you if you want to write songs, just kind of telling yourself you're a songwriter. There yeah. you go. go. Yeah, that's, that's the, a, that was a big step for me. Yeah. Because I said, you know what? I want to write songs. I love this. I'm going to think of myself as a songwriter. It's a long time ago, and I started writing better songs just right then. Almost, I like to believe. That's but true. the main thing took ownership
3: just, of it. Yeah. Just
1: have, yeah, but have a just write. I think you can write a song about anything, uh, but it has to come through your lenses. Because mm-hmm. people sometimes contrive songs. I think that's I and that's a that's a hard thing. Yeah. To not contrive. I mean, you say, "Well, I got to write a song, and it needs to be this." Right. Here's my cool title. Let's crank it out. Yeah. But uh, you really got to let you know, make it your own through <laughs> sincerity and and always trying to say something that means something to you, no matter what the song is. Yeah, that's what I've tried to do, and be succinct, yeah. which is not always my forte. If people
3: try to have like a hit song, it sounds soulless. Well, sure. because the motive is wrong. Yeah, you know
1: and I always and I, a lot of songs I write to, for a journaling kind of thing just you know I'm traveling in somewhere and I, I say oh, I'd like to remember this where I am I'll make up a little tune or a song and then whenever I play that tune I go right back there So I love that yeah. about songs and tunes so uh, and uh, and just you can challenge yourself to be creative Yeah, I tell people just to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say something different every day make, mm-hmm. it's your creative charge you start with something unique and original yeah. whatever it is like I don't think so. You look yeah. in the mirror. You something, do something different every day. Was you, is your impression of
0: um, uh, old fiddlers? Uh, how how did they feel about creativity and writing new stuff as opposed to just transmitting old
1: old music? Mm, that's a good. Question. Did you ever? Was there ever any tension there? No, I I didn't do as much visiting like Aaron did. I, I kind of went. Norman, of course, is getting But you would these go to the conventions. I went so, to the conventions yeah. and, and played with a lot of fiddlers and all. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel that too much. I, sometimes they were very precious with their tunes. The older guys, when I was traveling around, they, they didn't, didn't want you, people
3: to catch their best tunes. They didn't teams. want you oh, to get contest
1: players. Uh, they didn't yeah. want you to get their li- their best lick. Yeah. So that would be the only place. So that would be a little yeah. bit of that, which was kind of funny. I was, and that was startling to me at first because I was there was an old fiddler named Smith McGinnis. And uh, and oh. I wanted to get his. He played a really nice uh, Mississippi Saw. A really nice, interesting little twist. Yeah. I said, Mister McGinnis, I'd love to get that on uh, my little recorder here after he'd played in the show, you know, or whatever. And uh, he said, Oh, sure, no problem. And then he proceeded to get over there later, and I caught up with him, and he played it about ten times faster than he had played it uh-huh. on the stage. I uh-huh. was <laughs> like, What was that? You know, just blurred. So that was pretty so You never know what you're going to run into. Yeah.
3: Or in um, Hammonds, like. Uh, I heard this great story about Edwin Hammonds, one of the most, you know, renowned uh, fiddlers in West Virginia, of course, and um, Woody Simmons, who I used to visit in his 90s, you know, he, he wanted to learn Washington's march from Ed Hammonds, and, and Edwin said, sure, and he taught him the tune, but years later, he found out he taught him a different tune. It wasn't uh, actually wow. Washington's march. It was Molly put the kettle on, Damn. and it took him years to figure that out, you know. <laughs> That he hadn't really taught him the tune, because so, he didn't really want him to w- get that really great contest-winning tune. A lot of those fiddlers were, you know, pretty poor, right. and <laughs> a contest meant yes. a lot. You know, yeah. if they won a contest, it was a serious boon to their uh, their income. <laughs> if they were just
1: farming or yeah, scraping was by, you know. True. I mean, it, it could be a big difference if they won a few contests. So they were. I could see him how that would happen. But people are funny though when you first learn it, when mean, you first starting, just a funny little story that comes to mind. Not uh, all about no it's very short. <laughs> but it's naive about naivety and just starting. Yes. I was just moved I was in uh, Florence, Alabama, college. And a young guy, I don't know if I should say his name or not, but th- he played these really great songs. I said, Man, these are great songs. And it was, it was actually, uh, he was playing Norman Blake songs. before I got to know Norman or anything. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew very little about it, all this stuff. He said, oh, yeah, I wrote that. I said, boy, that's a great song. He played about three Norman Blake songs, but said they were his, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and I didn't find out too <laughs> <laughs> much later. I said, you know, I am like not sing song or one of these great Norman Blake songs. You got said, fooled. Yeah, I got fooled. So it's pretty funny what yeah. you know, how gullible you can be. But that's, you know, that's just the way it is. You you learn as you go. Yeah, you're green. Okay. It's like working in a little grocery store. They tell you to go get the shelf stretcher, which there is nothing called a shelf stretcher. Can't, really can't, like that, that kind I'm of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like the musical, musical version of that, you know. So you see how uh-huh. I, mean, I can pull over on this guy very so. good so be, be on the lookout people out there it's so. just yeah. part of the process there's
3: lots of them that were very uh, yeah. generous and didn't mind
1: you can look for the shelf stretcher though it was fun looking yeah so we're, <laughs> imagining like, look, what do you do with the jackalope you know that's right yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the music is powerful you know well, that's that's always true. it is. takes you it transports you which is one of the wonderful things about it So we're going to play a John
0: Ashby tune.
3: Yeah. So I never got to uh, uh, meet John Ashby, but of course, you know, we're so lucky to have uh, all the great archive recordings yeah. we have nowadays. He played with one of the longest running string bands, uh, the Free State Ramblers. Yeah. And... Uh, They've been going since the 30s and they're still going with Skip Ashby, his son. So it's pretty cool. Oh. So we're so grateful to have all those recordings and the internet now. You know, when I was learning old time music, I had to write letters yeah. and try and get a hold of recordings. And, and um, you'd get a recording and there'd be all that underground trading and yes, stuff. Yes, you know, yes, yes. and I'm glad I'm old enough that at least I got to experience that because right. you'd finally get a hold of something and you'd just wear it out. Yeah. But, anyways. Uh, <laughs> but there's so much great music available and um uh john ashby came to galax a lot and uh, he was good friends with benton flippin and um and he just played the best dance music mm. ever and um so i uh, love his uh pretty little Witter. recently recorded this with uh, galax bog trotters with eddie and Bonnie bond and eric hill we all went to australia together and uh Oh uh, we, we made a new record, record yeah, called The Old Time Jubilations. And this was one of the tunes we did. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was going to
0: record Eddie when I came when I came through town. And they're like, oh, he's in Australia.
1: And that's the the same time. Oh, yeah, that was, we were having a wonderful time. Amazing we were having a wonderful so, time. <laughs> Catch him again. He's one of the greats. He's yeah, great, thanks to our great. friends
3: Ian Alexander and Linda Duccieri that
1: um, oh, yeah, amazing. brought the band
3: out there. We had a great time.
1: Wonderful.
3: So, um, yeah.
2: A little...
1: Pretty little well, winter. Okay, <laughs> so what happened? that was something you hold, you hold on and so you never know where you're going to go yeah. I just, just love climb. it when
3: the banjo gets up there on the I know, easy climbing
1: the mountain. high
3: the altitude
0: Ooh, that's good. Yeah, right. sounds um,
2: good
0: so we have one more unfortunately yeah. um, but you guys are going to play this beautiful beautiful hymn before you talk about that and before we play it let's talk about where do we see you play uh, mm. how do we find out more about where to see you and how to hear you and how to order your all of your things. Oh, sure. Plugging time. Promoting oh, time. time.
3: <laughs> well, our uh, website is www.diddyville.com. You can join in, in the state now, of mind there.
0: Is that D-I-D-D? D-I-T-T-T-T. T-T-T. D and dog.
3: I-T-T-Y. Yeah. Those little ditties that Carl makes up. and I make up. little snippets. That's our website, and we teach at a lot of fiddle camps. Um so uh our website will tell you all the places we're going to be Um definitely going to be at swananoa old time week
2: Wonderful.
3: in july in near beautiful asheville north carolina it's gorgeous it's a fantastic uh week of old time music check that out at swangathering.com yeah and uh done. yeah we're going to ireland and Ooh, uh, doing going to an old time gathering in ireland so, so there's old time music over there too Would, which uh, is pretty neat what's gathering um, called Irish Old Time.
0: Irish Old Time. Yeah, the kind of Old
3: Time Gathering. Irish kind of a new time.
0: thing cropping up here. Man. Yeah, okay, so, uh, so that's well, good. Be... I think I have a couple... Every once in a while in the statistics, I see Ireland show up. So I think I have a listener or two out there. So go...
3: Yeah, there's a lot of great players oh, yeah. out
0: there. If you know about my show, course. you probably already know about this gathering.
3: <laughs> You'll <laughs> probably be good. there. Yeah, yeah so Irish. we're really yeah. looking forward to that. But yeah, we're all over the place so yeah didddyville.com best place to find us and uh, we have many recordings and they're they're all there as well and we also teach workshops on uh, concert windows so we've been doing a lot of online oh, very good. workshops and fun, yeah. uh, Carl teaches clawhammer uh, banjo and guitar well, and mandolin and I teach old-time fiddle so ConcertWindow.com. yeah
1: and this is kind of a uh, it's, it's amazing this technology what you can do these days as you what you're doing here is amazing just uh, this wasn't around when I was in uh, 1970 yes. going to Fenders Convention so it's a whole new ball game out there so we appreciate what you do well yeah it's very cool thanks for, <laughs> yeah. thanks for help it inspires us you help. know yeah. to keep playing get up and, in the cool and, uh, keep it on connecting with people yeah so cool okay.
0: so uh, I'm going to sit out and just listen which is every once in a while I get to do on the show which oh, is my boy way. especially okay. after a Whole festival full of staying up late. And oh, sure. Drinking and not getting any sleep. So uh, <laughs> it has been a great festival. Yeah, it's been a blast. Um, you have to hydrate.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're coming to carry carry a few old time musicians away right now. You oh, can I'm hear not, the not, sirens not, in the yeah. background. Right? They're
1: bringing in more. So this
0: is a this is a beautiful beautiful song. What's the story behind it?
3: It's an old fiddle tune from Uncle Norm Edmonds in Galax, and. Um, and then we couldn't find any words to it. Its name was Kingdom Come.
1: Yeah, it sounded, I mean, it definitely, I'm sure there are songs called Kingdom Come in the in the archives of hymns. Yeah. And But I got to looking just for this particular one and I couldn't find anything. And we were kind of doing the recording for the Galax Bogtrotters and everybody had contributed an original, yeah. something or other. And so I said, well, I, I'll just set some words to that fiddle tune. And so that's, uh, and Aaron had learned, uh, you know, this nice D Dad. Yeah, uh, Version, which is that's what the, the original was in. And Jimmy Edmonds is uh, around making guitars these days. He's re- related to Norman. Norman Edmonds, he was kind of a, a young fiddle prodigy, you know, maybe 10 years old, and just playing up Storm years ago. Now he's, he's an adult and has a wonderful guitar shop in Galax and builds a lot of guitars. And he's uh, still a great fiddler. But uh, She's got D-Dad, takes a little wrestling. So she's wrestling with the fiddle there. And <laughs> the, uh, those low strings want to... One thing about uh, music and changing and tuning is that when you change a string, it wants to go back to where it was. Yes. Uh, people learn to sort it's of stubborn. like that yeah. too. You know? <laughs> says, Son, you're 33 now. It's time to move on out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to come back. Huh. Being funny. What? Yes. Okay. So we're getting the D-Dad set up here. These words harken back to something, I think. And we'll see. And we all have different uh, different slants on religion, if you want to call it religion, or what we think we're our place in the world or the cosmos. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we got our detonality tonality established, and I hope wherever you are in your place, uh, you're feeling good about it. Or uh, hope this song something you'll enjoy. Thanks so much for being on the show. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I go through each day, and so often lose my way. Trials and darkness sometimes block the sun. Tears and sadness I see as I over journey, But someday I will see Kingdom come. Kingdom come, toll and strife will be over, all passed by. Bonds of suffering and chains be thrown. Loved ones waiting at the door, jubilation's my reward. I will join the nevermore kingdom Battle sometimes can loom Growing harbingers of doom Faith and hope by despair overrun Still I know all the while I've got reasons to smile For someday I will see kingdom Bonds of suffering and chains undone, loved ones waiting at the door, jubilation's my reward, I will join them evermore.
0: Go to Diddyville. It's a wonderful place where beautiful music is born, but it's also a domain on the internet where you can buy Aaron and Carl's albums, find out where they're playing near you, and solicit their musical wisdom through Skype lessons and online workshops. That's Diddyville.com, D-I-T-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E.com. Now, if you want to study with these lovely people, but had something more immersive in mind, you should head on down to the Asheville area this summer and attend the Swannanoa Old Time Week. It's July 15th through the 21st and registration will be open before the end of March. I hear there's lots of jamming, workshops, concerts, dances, master musician presentations, etc. If you want to go, visit swangathering.com. If you want to support Get Up In The Cool and get some exclusive bonus content, go to camerondewitt.com and click the Patreon button. There, you'll find all the levels at which you can support the show and their corresponding rewards, like on-air shoutouts, weekly bonus tracks, access to the Get Up In The Cool Tune Archive, which is exactly what it sounds like, every tune ever played on the show, tagged and organized for your iTunes library, and online banjo workshops. We're planning a workshop for this Saturday afternoon, March 24th, so if you want some hot banjo tips, now would be a great time to sign up. All the links I mentioned in this outro can be found in the show notes on your device or on CameronDeWitt.com Get Up in the Cool. Make sure to like, follow, and join Get Up in the Cool's Facebook page and group. You can get the best of 2016 album, Get Up in the Cool Volume 1, by following the buy slash stream button on my website. While you're there, click that button that says TOTBS, which stands for Think Outside the Box Set. My other podcast that is so incredibly different. Dare I say, prohibitively different from this one in both tone and content, but still miraculously shares with it a small sliver of listenership. (laughs) Lastly, Get Up In The Cool is always looking for one-off or continuing sponsorships, so hit me up if you want me to plug your business, website, crowdfunding campaign, whatever. We'll work something out. All right, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next
2: week to get up in the cool.